Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right, we yeah, are recording. More or less ready to go on this. The uh, two constant features, Ruth, of this podcast are that we don't do what my we charm say. and also my good looks well there's that although the good looks are pretty useless in audio to be honest you make a really strong point that's a strong point isn't it but the two main features are that we never do what we say we we're going to do the week before so once again we won't be tasting herbal teas and we're not talking about meditation and we're not talking about meditation and the other feature that we always have is that we do this little thing first to make us sound quirky and relatable. So, are we ready to? Can I can I start it? We want to get yeah. this show on the road. Yeah, I want uh, to tell you something about magic stars. Where we start? Magic stars. Before mm-hmm. we start, right? Go on. Before way. we start, just because it's a bit of an aside. Go on then. Um, so I was talking about dairy milk buttons, and I don't know whether you know this, but after we decided to Brexit, everyone kicked off about how magic stars weren't going to get to be sold over here because on the back of the packet it said not to be sold outside the EU oh. and that was the thing that people were the most mad about and I'm not sure whether you knew this because you wouldn't have really followed No, that. was yeah. this a bit of a debate on Twitter amongst young people? Twitter and then it was like it turned into a meme on Instagram and so I just didn't know whether you knew that Can I start now? Take it away <laughs> Thank you Well, welcome along to episode seven of Me and My Dad with myself and my daughter Ruthie. This is a baby boomer meets a Generation Z. Yeah, we've we've established a generation. We thought it was millennial, but now your sister, your elder sister, who is a millennial has just won a major prize she's uh, in the british press Awards. she won an oscar well not quite an oscar but in the british, british a nobel peace prize in the british <laughs> press awards let's not go over the top in the british press awards she's been a voted sports journalist or she's been yeah. awarded sports journalist of the year and i'm just wondering about sibling rivalry she's the third of the four of you and you're the uh, the baby if you like you're the fourth of you and obviously we've all congratulated her but is there an element and i can relate to this because my yeah, brother has won all sorts of awards over the years and I've never won a damn thing which doesn't bother me too much because I've sort of made a um, whatever the equivalent of a meme is out of never winning a damn thing but do you find that uh, whatever the equivalent of a meme is yeah whatever it is but do you find a bit of sibling rivalry when you know when you, your sister your older sister she's what 10 years older than you yeah I don't know maybe I don't I think I do does it put extra bit. pressure on you one of your friends said that didn't they? one of my friends was like oh uh, you've got a lot to live up to then um, it does in a, like in a way but you've never been the kind of parents that are like oh well look at what Martha's doing no you go do you know what I mean and also you're not like I'm not a massive like rewards driven person good like I don't, don't really think I compare myself no. Like grades wise to other people, loads and loads. So like can, I do sometimes, but we, we can just congratulate Martha on the award. Yeah, I think we can. Congr- I think it does push you a bit, but I think it would be more of a thing if I was a journalist too and she'd won it. Yeah, then that would be more of a thing. Or maybe if we were closer in age as well. Mm. But then I don't think Anna's really like 
competitive. Although, but there's um, a quote that um, is every time one of my friends has success, a little piece of me dies. Yes, that's right. And I really, I do agree with that. Like, I think it's more with your friends that you're really jealous. You are really happy for them, but there is a tiny little piece of you that's like, oh, well, that could yeah. be me. Like, this is so right. That's so true. And uh, so wise for one so young. You're not only under pressure because she's won that award. Uh, we're also under pressure this week. It's episode seven because we've been voted uh, podcast of the week in the Sunday Times. Not voted, but chosen by Gillian Reynolds, podcast of the week. And also, we can't do one next week because you're on a French exchange scheme. Tell us about that. I'm going on French exchange. Thank you. Uh, I, I, <laughs> um, I should think there was more detail. That you could I'm have going to La Flèche in the Loire Valley, and I'm going to stay with a girl who lives in France, obviously, um, her and her family for the week. Yeah. And we're stopping off in Paris on the way there as well. Yeah. So there's we're a few of you going from college. Yeah, there's about like 25. And these are from the French class at college. Yeah. And a little bit apprehensive about just being left with a French family. Yeah, I'm nervous about that because obviously I don't know them and I've never met them. But I think they'll be nice. Like, I've messaged my French exchange person a bit and she seems really, really nice and whatever. But it's still a bit scary. And also, like, they won't speak any English. Mm. Or she will a bit, but... It's scary being in somebody else's house, though, isn't it's it? I think it's yeah. more like... A lot of people are like, oh, you're nervous you won't be able to speak. And I'm like, well, I don't know that much French, but... I think I'll be fine with that. I'm not really nervous about the speaking the French. I'm more nervous about, about staying in someone's that, house that I've never met yeah, before. About the fact that there'll be different programmes on their TV. You won't be able to watch Grey's Anatomy, several episodes of that, on their telly, because they'll have different programmes taped. And probably the food, you see, will be different. The you, food, you, but luckily, I've said, well, I've said I eat fish, but I've not said I eat fish. I've mm. just said for vegetarian, because where they're from La Flesh is famous for pate oh. and so that's like the thing that they're going to give everyone and everyone um, that's like their big thing is like pate and that's not what yeah. people were hoping for I think people were hoping for like croissants and pan au chocolat and all the yeah. stuff that you would eat over here crepes and stuff just just as a sidebar to this Ruth what's the thing with Grey's Anatomy because I've noticed you it's quite old isn't it I've noticed you've been watching yeah. episode after episode after episode yeah it's it's honestly it's so good I probably no no one spoil it for me because I started on like season six or something because Anna watches it Anna's my older older sister and mm. she watched it when she was really young and and like followed it the whole time you know like when it was coming out does it not look a bit dated now does it, it really doesn't look dated at all but I think that's because it's all like, I think the only things that look really dated are, like, sci-fi films or sci-fi TV shows because the special effects has changed so much. If it's set in a hospital, the inside of a hospital looks much the same as it did in 1998 or whatever. And it's just, it's really fun. And it's it it's very dramatic. It's, it's like Casualty, basically, oh, right. but it's much better than Casualty. Can I tell you a funny story about Casualty? Mm. Yeah or no? Yeah, go on. Well, there's a funny story about Casualty. My uh, brother is quite friendly with James Nesbitt, who was in this series called Cold Feet, and in it was John Thompson. John Thompson is a Manchester comedian and actor, voiceover person. He was in this, and they were up for an award. To understand the comedy of this, you have to know that a famous football chant, when one set of violent supporters are taunting another set of violent supporters, they sing... They You're... spit at them. <laughs> no, 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 this is pre-spitting, pre-date spitting. They'll shout to them, You're going home in a fucking ambulance! You're going home in an ambulance! Well, what happened was... 
this was uh, the Cold Feet was up for an award and uh, it was up against Casualty and Casualty won the award they're going up to get their uh, award John Thompson goes to his gets up on his feet and says you're going home in an ambulance <laughs> now we did this we did this Sunday Times mildly amusing Rod Little survey didn't yeah, we yeah a little family a little we family had, we had quiz a whole, we had a whole family quiz on this and it was basically to find out how politically correct you are or not we not agree- just politically correct they're more like liberal yeah it was a culture thing, wasn't yeah. it? And mostly, we we sort of agreed-ish on it. Sometimes yeah, you we were, were you're a bit hard, you're a bit more lefty, a bit more liberal than I was. Yeah, myself and uh, your mother, we were more sort of well, we don't mind too much, but we think it's nonsense. It just seems like I think that's the difference is for maybe millennials versus Generation Z that Generation Z had been brought up with all these things that. When people question it, you're a bit like, what? I can't believe that anyone... Like, we're doing about, like, suffragism at school at the moment. And so the idea that at one point women didn't have the vote is just absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah. I mean, pay wasn't the issue, was it, as far as the suffragettes? Oh, no, no, no. I meant, like, because we're doing... You do about suffragism, but then... Does that include, like, made in Dagenham? No, you do. The study period is from 1865 to 1928, but... You have to know that later on there was the Dagenham machinist who walked out because yeah. it's it's all like very much related, yeah. obviously. So yes, because we, we, um, we sort of just agreed on oh, that. Because the, the way the question was phrased, it said the differential pay rates that exist between men and women. If you were an A, you would say those differential pay rates are a consequence of the patriarchal state and institutionalised discrimination against women, which you were very much in favour of. I was a little bit further down. I was B. I was saying the differential pay rates, etc., are narrowing and persist only here and there. No, but they don't... Pers- and I was very adamant oh, you got that they that don't... Point. Well, they don't persist only here and there. They persist everywhere. And it shouldn't be. And you shouldn't be... Although in the business that I'm in... It, it hardly exists. I mean, you, you, you know, I can't, but, okay, I it, can't get angry about the fact that that Steph McGovern only earns one hundred and twenty-five thousand a year, whereas somebody else, Piers Morgan, earns a million pounds a year. I wouldn't go to the barricades for that. It's a more wide thing. It's just that not as many women are in visible positions of power either. Do you know what I mean? Still, in the houses of common, houses of commons yeah there's nowhere near as many female mps as there are males and what people always say is yeah but we've got a female prime minister and we, um, were, we were pretty much the same on things like the british colonies see this was this was one thing uh, colonialism was an unequivocal evil and the history of the british empire should be a stain on our collective conscience and yeah, it went, that's what there, I were, there were three yeah the three things that i went to disagree i disagreed on that uh, my view was it did some good things and i mean obviously there's bad things as well black hole of calcutta and all that it did some good things and africa's poverty and i was quite strong on this is the consequence of bad governance today but is the bad governance there because we put put people into slavery then i think you can't separate so this is what the young two people things. say i i think you can you know there comes there comes a point where you have to stop beating yourselves up about no, it no but i'm not beating um, myself up self up i am taking responsibility and saying that i am partially on my ancestors are partially well probably not my ancestors not your ancestors your ancestors were being raped in i don't want to (laughs) i don't want to speak for black people and i think that people who say that they take no shame for the 
for no what shame. prior generations no, no, no do. Shame. I think just, it should be a tarnish on the rep- on our reputation. Yeah, a mild tarnish on our reputation. Not, no, I think uh, it should be like a big, dirty black mark. <laughs> All right, well, we're a bit disagreeing that. I say a little smudge, you say a um, dirty black mark. But there you go. That's unclear. And I, I think it, it's the fact that you're uh, that you're younger. I think it's, I think younger people do see that. But when you're a bit older and you've been to Africa possibly, or you've you've spoken to a lot of businessmen who tried to... When I was working for the Central Office of Information, we were in the 1970s now. In those days... We're in the 1970s. <laughs> we're in the... I'm going to take you back to the 1970s. They were always trying to sell stuff in Nigeria, and they said the corruption was just so endemic. You know, you couldn't possibly do business... You know, I get that, we if, saw... If um, you had something that was good for the people of Nigeria, they couldn't mm-hmm. do business there without bribery on a huge scale. That's the way business works. Is that, that because we made them so poor well I don't think so but I how think, you can, I don't think be, you can there's got to be a point things. where you take okay. responsibility it's like I could all my many 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 flaws I could blame my parents for and probably quite legitimately if you know if, if there was but there comes a point where you have to stop you blaming have to your parents and take responsibility yourself well I don't know I don't think we can speak from like a black point of view no we can't that's, we'll that's the that. really that's, important that's the thing is that thing. Yeah. you you can't speak for women same as I can't speak for black people no but I, I can speak for older men, so I'll continue to do that. And you speak for younger women. Mm-hmm. That works, and that and that is why this podcast is such a success. <laughs> such a success. <laughs> such a success. <laughs> Let's move from colonialism to uh, Burger King, um, or do I always pronounce it. Is it Burger King or? It's Burger just King? Burger King, but you pronounce it Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> You really hit the care. You give me such a hard time whenever that I say and how that. you sneeze is the two funniest things. Really, Dad sneezes like like a cartoon sneezes. He goes hap choo, hap choo. <laughs> this is you nonsense, do. people. You do. This is absolute nonsense. The two things you always get me on is the way I say Burger King, and Burger King, Burger King. But anyway, Burger King, that better. Or Burger King. I'm trying. Just I'm, Burger King. Burger King. Burger King. Okay, go on. Burger King. They've come up with a, a, a and we were talking. I don't know whether it was with you or it was on one of my other various broadcasting outlets where I was talking about the uh, McDonald's Royal. You know, the new Big Mac. Which oh got yeah, it's like extra. They've done extra, two new extra. sizes, haven't they? Junior Mac and, and the massive extra one, Mac. which has got all the calories you could need for the next six months or something. It's got a huge amount of calories in. Well, Burger King has, has a bit of rivalry. It's come up with a, a bacon cheeseburger. Now, this bacon cheese... It's, it's a new bacon cheeseburger, which is called the Bacon King Sandwich. Now, the Bacon King Sandwich, and I think I am right to stress the word king at this uh, stage because this new offering is made up of two quarter pounder burgers... And eight slices of bacon. Oh, my God. Yes, you read that correctly. Eight. That's an entire packet of bacon. Also, there's a hearty portion of cheese, ketchup and mayonnaise. The price will vary up and down the country, but it's expected to be a pricey addition to the menu, costing about eight pounds for a wow, meal. Wow, that's so expensive. That's like like a restaurant meal. It's like eight pounds, like a pizza in a restaurant. Almost. But unsurprisingly, the new burger, which is only available for a limited time, comes with some worrying nutritional information no really it has you know eight slices of bacon how can that be worrying odd isn't it it has 1150 even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Calories, more than half the daily recommended amount for women, and that's before you add chips and a drink, etc. 79 grams of fat, etc., etc. And I wanted to ask you, I know you wouldn't go anywhere near that because you don't eat meat for a start. Yeah. But in terms of you were eating meat, and I'm going to tell me about your friends... Would they, I mean, is there some sort of almost like a match? It's too expensive. It's just too expensive. It, well, just... well, why would you ever go to, like, we go to McDonald's. You go to McDonald's to save money. You would never pay £8 for something at McDonald's because you could go to Nando's for £8. Like, that's, without a drink, that's about how much I spend at Nando's. I, well, it says it, it costs £8 for a meal. So, oh, so you get the chips you get and the, the fries drink. and the So drink. you get the fries, but without, so Nando's without a drink would cost mm. about £8 with a side whereas that's eight pounds with a drink so i guess it's slightly cheaper but really what, like, why no, would you go there and spend eight pounds? why this trend you know when you see all the people like to challenge themselves as to how much they can that's eat what I was like there was ask. the chicken nugget challenge where you try and eat like a hundred chicken nuggets or something i just think people like to take everything to the extreme yeah, there is, and I just wonder if any of your friends did that because I know you you, you take it to the s- slightly other extreme in that when we went to Pret a Manger today Pret-a-Manger. on the way, Pret a Manger, right? Is that all right? Yeah, Can yeah. I say that. I'm not saying Go that ahead. wrongly. Right, good. You had this sort of crypto quasi uh, sushi type thing with three little tiny bits of rice, a, a small, very small salmon portion, and some of the purple stuff they do and the green stuff, which I reckon must be. 300, 400 no, it's calories? No, like, it's about 400 calories, yeah. I think. So you, 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 you watch your calories like that. But I was just wondering at the other end, if there was somebody thinking, yeah, I don't always, like, I don't calorie count, though. People do, like, people keep, like, notebooks and, like, write down their calories. Like, I would never do that. Yeah, but there'd be people who are trying to diet, wouldn't they? Trying to diet or, a, like, yeah. and, uh, like, have body dysmorphia. Mm. So, here's something interesting. There was a feature in the... Oh, you've got loads of stuff. I've you've got topics. With oh, you've I've got, got topics. topics. I'm just sat here... Reacting. Reacting, yeah, which mm. I do well. That's why it's such a hit podcast. <laughs> this is our science special. Oh, good, science special. Because um, Stephen Hawking, sadly, has passed away. He has? Um, so I just thought we'd mention it, just because topical mm. happened... Mm. Today, yeah. woke up with a notification on my phone. Stephen Hawking's died. Oh. Mm. Yes, um, you came in. The, that's one of those occasions when you can go into your parents' bedroom. And t- there's two occasions. The one when it's snowing, and the other one is when there's a celebrity who's died. Yeah, and, uh, those are the two times I get really excited. Yeah, and you came in and told us Stephen um, Hawking had died. Stephen Hawking died. It's just quite sad, but people do a lot. So there's um, a Snapchat filter 
that says R.I.P. Stephen Hawking. Can I just tell you, before you tell me about the Snapchat filter and, and everything, and we will, this is just very briefly, one of my friends tweeted, all over the country now, people are saying, oh, it's Hawking, I thought it was Hawkins. But uh, <laughs> go, go ahead. So, yeah, but that was basically it about that. But people, yeah, people put it up on their Snapchat story, which I always think is very weird, because you wouldn't put it up if it was like, your granddad who died. I think that would be weird. But people do actually. They put RIP. They put it on Facebook. Yeah. It's always so special, it's just so weird. But anyway, that so was you it. You see it on Facebook all the time. People are putting things about relatives and their fathers died. And uh, I, you know, I, I will say to your mum, I say, oh, Janet, I've just been looking at Facebook. Somebody I don't know whose father's died. <laughs> As this is in the news, another a big news item is that Tracy Beaker is returning. What's um, that got to do with Stephen Hawking? It's a, another topical news item. All oh, right, we're not saying anything more about Stephen Hawking. Well, I thought we kind of did. All right. <laughs> well, I just wanted to let everyone this, know. This man, is, well, they know they re- they'll have seen it on their own Twitter feed. This man had so many amazing achievements, and we've done with him now. He's gone. He's dead. So let's go. Well, on. do you want to talk about um, advanced physics? No, I want to talk about Tracy Beaker. Good. Which was a big influence of you. Oh, you my were, gosh. Uh, I think Jacqueline it. Wilson is my like idol. Like, mm. genuinely, I think I would choose to for her to. You know, you're in like dead people dinner party. Mm. I mean, I know she's not dead, but you like <laughs> dream dinner party. Yeah. I honestly think that Jacqueline Wilson, and I got to. I didn't meet her, but I listened to her speak. She was at the West Yorkshire Playhouse, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, because um, I went to see Hetty Feather, which is one of her books that I'd read, but they, it was like a stage show, and she came to speak, and she did like a question-answer session. You and managed read all to... those books, didn't you? I read, you I read, I genuinely, until about four years ago, probably, it was like a, having another parent. She took me right through yeah, that time. And such a massive influence on knowing how how other people's families worked and kids in care and kids with just one parent or kids that lived with their aunties or ran away there was one called Lily alone which I loved and she was just and so Tracy Beaker is coming back and she's going to be a single mum and she's writing a book called my mum Tracy Beaker which I'm going to definitely read mm. I honestly think she's brilliant mm. like I know you said like a lot of her books were very similar but oh they were cause she's the similar. Enid Blyton of our age but she's so much better than yeah. Enid Blyton and I think oh god yeah yeah well, do the, you know what I mean and I think that it's really good that she's managed to be so prolific but also make each mm. of her books a really interesting story yeah now somebody has let me tell you about something else somebody has written a book all about the teenage brain how the teenage oh brain oh my works. god yeah because we're such enigmas well you, well you say that I think this is true this is somebody called Sarah Jane Blakemore and she's a pro, this is proper scientific uh, analysis She's a psychologist and she's done experiments and everything. And this this heading of this uh, chapter here mm-hmm. is uh, I want to be in your gang, which she's you know she's I looking do. at yes. Well, she's looking you're in the gang. She's looking at, at teenagers wanting you know ex- social exclusion. Teenagers Oh my gosh, she's this. cracked it. Teenagers want to be accepted. No. Yes. Well, she did experiments, you know, actual proper scientific experiments. She said, well, I'll I'll try and summarise this as best Mm -hmm. I can. What drives this increased sensitivity to friends, opinions and judgments? We conducted a lab-based experiment in which social exclusion was simulated using a computer game called Cyberball. You don't need to know about the computer game because it's 
loads and loads about that. We studied groups of young adolescents, age 11 to 13, mid-adolescents, 14 to 16. My God, I'm old. Yeah, I'm well, old. You, you still come into the mid-adolescent one, actually. And oh. a- adults, age 22 to 47. So you would be in the mid-adolescent uh, group. Uh, young adolescents, and basically what the game does is, it, in a sort of cyber way, it excludes you at one point. So you're excluded, you know, you've got to do things, and then you're excluded. And she measured how your behaviour changes when you're excluded in this game. And it said younger adolescents uh, also reported higher anxiety than adults after exclusion. In other words, uh, yeah. adolescents seem to be hypersensitive to social exclusion. This brings me to the idea that the fear of being socially excluded influences many decisions that adolescents make, which seems to me to be very, very, very Yeah, I know. I'm like, well, I don't think you needed a scientific. Well, yeah, you didn't, but when you, you didn't do need the, data if, to tell people that. When you're at school, you want to be part of the, a gang. Yeah. Like, and I don't, I just, but, I have a lot of issues with someone writing something about the teenage brain. Like, I get why you do it, but. I feel like people psychoanalyse you too much and it's just a bit like you should spend more time talking to teenagers rather than studying their brains. Well, I think her studies, that's exactly what she says. Uh, I'll just take you a bit of a headline here from this. If a child hasn't done well during childhood, it's not too late to intervene and provide extra support in adolescence. And what she's Mm. saying is that adolescence, which covers everything from 11 to about your age, adolescence So basically you're... High school to college. Yeah, like is a really ages. important um, period in development. I don't know whether. Yeah, they, I already. Yeah. Yeah. That's like pretty well known. And the fact that you want to be in, you want to be in your gang. You feel is why when your friends come round to the house, you want to get away from me as soon as possible, or your mum, because we might embarrass you in that we might behave yeah. in a I way that, that doesn't fit now, in with your crowd. I'm not as bad with like being embarrassed as oh, I was I like a year are. ago. Well, let's move on to one of your other topics. Okay, sir, um, I've got... Just before that, can I just say, there was a cartoon in Private Eye this week which was marked Turf War, T-E-R-F, War. And it was two people who may or may not have been... There might have been... I think there was a woman and there was a... I I couldn't understand the cartoon because I have no idea what a turf is. So what is a... A trans-exclusionary radical feminist. A trans-exclusionary radical feminist. It might be trans-exclusionist. Right. But it it excludes. And people identify themselves as TERFs, do they? Not in my circle. (laughs) No, but is is that... I think, yeah, I think it's more of an online... And is it to do with the argument between It's It's just to do with, like, new wave... Fourth wave? What wave are we on now? New wave post-modern uh, feminism or whatever. Oh, the old new wave PMF. <laughs> no, new wave feminism and just about kind of whether feminism includes trans people. Right. I think that, which obviously I'm, I think it does. You think it does, obviously. Yeah. But Jermaine Greer, who was a well-known Says feminist that a of the old school, a trans woman is not a, a trans woman is not a real when, woman. When, obviously. Although I'm more qualified than you oh, to yeah. speak on this because I do have a transgender friend. Okay, whatever. My next piece was just was an article by Ivana Bacaletti, I think, yeah, in I think The Guardian. Yeah. Women must act, and this was the headline, women must act now or male-designed robots will take over our lives. So it's about AI. AI has a major bias to white males. Why? why? Because white males are the people who are inventing the AI, and without realising it, you will programme biases. It's just... 
Because why white? I mean, I would have thought that there'd be black people working on AIs um, as well. Not, not nearly as many. Um, so in the STEM industry, so that's science, technology, engineering and maths, which there is a major push to get girls in constantly through high school. They were like, oh, do you think about going into STEM? There were STEM lectures, STEM trips. STEM, you see, that's a new one on me. Science, technology, STEM is like a massive thing at school. But you probably have never heard of it because I'm not interested in it at all. Um, yeah. But STEM... Science, technology, engineering, and yeah, maths. maths yeah. And there's a massive gender gap in this. Not nearly as many women, not nearly as many minority people, because it's quite... It's a, first of all, it's a difficult one to get into. You have to stay in school longer, which women tend to do less. Um, you have to be very de- dedicated to your career, which means you have children, perhaps. So there's, a, like, there's just a whole plethora of reasons why women are not in it as much as men but why doesn't it i mean i would have thought as far as black and minority ethnic uh bames is one of the initials i know uh, are concerned it it seems to me that that sort of technology area yeah so technology is but asians are particularly interested in area of like very new cutting edge development is dominated by white men so there was the microsoft tay chatbot um which was created as an AI which was built to mimic speech on Twitter and then tweet things but had no one behind it and within 24 hours it became an anti-feminist Nazi and this is one of its tweets oh, I remember this one, Hitler yeah. did nothing wrong yeah. um, and that was one of its tweets and so this is what's happening with the AI is just that it's completely anti-women through no one's fault really like no one's specifically designed it to be that way but it's just developed this way and then it's frightening that it's it's broken off on its own yeah that, it, it's but, that, really but that's frightening. it's the early days and that one assumes yeah. something's gone wrong yeah and so um, she kind of looked at ai from an angle that i hadn't really thought of it at, from like a feminist angle what scares me about artificial intelligence about you is that you know machines will think for themselves and, and take um, over the world and take over the world Stephen Hawking, remember him? I know we did with him in about... (laughs) We managed to reduce him to 30 seconds. But Stephen Hawking said if there were two things that he was scared of, two things he's scared of were climate change and artificial intelligence. Those are the two things that are going to destroy us, if if anything destroys us. How how scared are you of those two things? Scale of one to ten. Nine on climate change, eight. No, seven on AI. I think that I feel like we'll get... AI under wraps or it won't be maybe within my lifetime so but I think what she was more coming out from was not that that there was going to be mass unemployment because these jobs were gone but there, there was going to be mass employment for women um, my comment on that whole article would be typical Guardian all the wisdom that you've imparted Ruth in this 25 or however many minutes is going to have to last people for Oh, well, uh, a fortnight, or nearly a fortnight because um, yeah we'll be back in we're having a week off you're having a week off because you're on your French exchange before we go Ruth do you want to uh, promise something that we're going to do in a fortnight's time which we won't, <laughs> want to make an do. empty promise we've got yes make an empty promise because um, we've got two whole weeks till we uh, till we come back again and people can hold it dear to their heart for a fortnight oh, and then we won't do it you put me on the spot here I don't know I don't know what well, we're going to talk about we're not going to try out teas are we um, we could bring in some herbs and sniff them in two weeks' time. That's such a bad idea. Is it? It sounds like we're going to do drugs live. We could talk about making 
with legal yeah actually we will do that because that was one of the on, on my um, and that's one of the things the green party campaigns mm, well on one of my award-winning uh, radio shows uh, on talk radio it was about the one thing we actually got calls about yeah we talked about uh, legalizing cannabis and that's been okay. a debate for years and years and i suspect some of your friends at school well we'll, we'll talk about it <laughs> Some of the, we don't even name names. We'll talk about it uh, in a fortnight's time and we'll try and remember to do it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's Marijuana, our, that's your promise. That's our empty promise. <laughs>